This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, we now bring you a discussion on tigers, an asset to the ecosystem. The participants are Dr. Pranav Chanchani from World Wild Foundation and Sanjay Jha, journalist. Tiger is considered to be an asset to the ecosystem and there is a good news today. Everywhere else, the population of the tigers is dwindling across countries due to habitat loss and poaching. But the Prime Minister announced very good news today. We have had an increase of 33% population in the tiger in our country. The population of tigers in India has increased from 2026 in 2014 to 2967 in 2018, which is a rise of roughly around 33% according to the latest tiger census released by Honorable Prime Minister today. So, with 3,000 tigers, India has become one of the safest habitats for the big cats in the world. You think we really love the tigers in our country? How it has been possible? I think India is called the land of the tiger for good reason. And since 1973, since the creation of Project Tiger, for almost 50 years, we've been working as a country with a lot of dedication from a lot of individuals and institutions to really help safeguard the country's tiger population. And this is really visible in the form of over 50 tiger reserves, which today span the length and breadth of India. These reserves collectively hold a large proportion of the national tiger population, and you could say the world's tiger population. So I think the commitment to creating these tiger reserves, to funding and sustaining these tiger reserves, and also other protected areas like national parks and sanctuaries, has really helped us emerge as the nation that has the most tigers in the world and as the land of the tiger. This said, there are some pockets of India, as the report also points out, for example, the northeast and eastern India, where tigers are not doing as well. They're not as safe. So we still have some work uh, looking ahead to bring these areas to the same level as our best protected reserves in the country. Tiger is a very majestic animal. It's the one of the beautiful creature of the god. And we are lucky to have in our country, because not many places in the world you would find tigers. So, tiger, how does it contribute to the ecosystem? How it is important for the ecology which we have got in this country? The report, in fact, has a beautiful opening quote from the Mahabharata, which says, the tiger protects the forest and the forest protects the tiger. And I think this is really true and borne out in many ways. So, tigers are apex predators. They're the top carnivore in an ecosystem. By regulating populations of prey, for instance, deer and boar, wild pigs and, and so on, they're actually exerting a certain influence on the vegetation communities of a park. So you can see these linkages across trophic levels from autotrophs or food-producing plants to top carnivores and the ways in which these large predators can actually influence ecosystems. Just to give you a few examples, in across India you'll find that deer and wild pigs and other such animals, herbivores, they enter crop fields and they start feeding on wheat, rice and sugarcane. These are crops that our farmers are struggling, are working very hard to produce to feed this growing nation. Now if there weren't top predators in the system like tigers, the populations of these herbivores would really go out of control. So just by playing that role of regulating populations of herbivores, tigers play an immensely important role. They are also really important cultural symbols. A lot of people, like you said, it's really a sacred animal, so people have associations of divinity with tigers, People may revere tigers, they may worship tigers, they may fear tigers for certain reasons. But nonetheless, it's really an animal that plays deeply in our psyche as a people. 
And that shows in the fact that we have, to a large extent, been able to nurture and create conditions that are suitable for this animal to flourish. To flourish. And that's why we see such a phenomenal rise in the population of the tiger in India. There's a large effort to preserve the national animal of India, and it's generally seen successful. However, there are still a couple of main issues, poaching, habitat destruction, man-animal conflict, and diminishing prey base. I think that continues to threaten the future of the most iconic big cats in India. How do you see these challenges with this, the issues dealing with the tiger population in our country? One or two key points for each of these. So if we talk about poaching, the fact is that this is absolutely a very real concern. Um, tigers highly valued in illegal wildlife trade. Their parts are traded internationally. And this remains a very critical challenge for our forest managers who work very hard day and night to try and keep the species safe from poachers. Now, as you might imagine, it's very difficult to secure our national parks, sanctuaries, and other areas that bear tigers because forests don't really have discrete boundaries. People can come and go undetected sometimes. So, in terms of poaching, I think our biggest challenge is to secure areas outside of national parks, sanctuaries, and tiger reserves, which also bear tigers. These areas don't receive the same sorts of resources as our tiger reserves, and therefore animals are more vulnerable. When it comes to habitat destruction, I think India has done quite well to protect its forest habitats from further destruction in recent years. However, given the immense pressures we have on our land, uh, the pressures that emanate from a growing population, from the needs of a developing nation, there is definitely the progressive degradation of forests in many parts of India. And as you might imagine, this process, especially along the edges of tiger habitats, can increasingly start impacting wildlife populations. So we just have to be very mindful to ensure that we reconcile our development aspirations and needs with the needs of wildlife for inviolate habitats. And towards this end, developing master plans at the district level, at the state level, that designate certain areas that are perhaps no-go zones for certain forms of infrastructure projects and so on, can really help us achieve both the goals of conservation and development. And the other place we have to be very mindful about habitat destruction is in corridors. As you know, corridors connect one tiger habitat with another. And if these get degraded because of land use change and other factors, we can start having isolated tiger populations which can go extinct. And now come to man-animal conflict or, or human-wildlife conflict as it's called. So. Every day when we pick up the newspaper or turn on a TV channel, it is so common to come upon these reports of tigers entering farmlands or villages sometimes, getting into conflict with humans, maybe killing a person, themselves getting killed in the process. Uh, what we don't know is that tigers and leopards and large carnivores also kill a lot of livestock and cattle and inflict in that way a lot of economic losses on sometimes marginal farming communities. So this is a very real issue for a lot of people who live along tiger habitats. And the most responsible thing that we can do as the government and as citizens of this country is to really reduce the risk for people who live as the tiger's neighbor. And the only way to do this is to put in place very comprehensive conflict mitigation strategies that both help reduce the time it takes to capture animals that are causing problems, but also help communities recover from their losses. For instance, by compensating losses or providing medical care when it's needed and so on. And I think the government has taken some very important steps in recent years towards these ends as well. Finally, we come to diminishing prey base. 
As you might imagine, tigers can only survive where they have adequate numbers of prey. And the real crisis in countries where tigers don't exist in good numbers anymore, as you said, for instance, parts of Southeast Asia, is the fact that the prey base has been depleted very, very severely to the point that it can no longer sustain viable tiger population. Now, this is still a concern in some parts of India. And the only way to really remedy this is to have more robust protection measures. I spoke before of how we need this in our reserve forests and areas beyond tiger reserves. And also, second step would be to engage with communities who may perhaps be engaged in poaching from time to time and so on to reduce their dependence on wild meat and such resources and provide them with alternatives in various ways so that we can bring our tiger populations back. Dr. Chanchani, you mentioned very eloquently about the challenges and what we need to do in terms of man and animal conflict. We saw, unfortunately, only a couple of days back, there was a video which had surfaced about uh, a tigress where villagers were seen plumbing it with relentless blows and it was adjacent to a tiger reserve not very far from Delhi. The tigress died in a few hours and ripples of uproar resounded amidst the conservation and welfare fraternity. Uh, You spoke very rightly that how villagers can play a very important role in preserving and maintaining the tiger population in the country. In India, we have around 50 tiger reserves, of which only 10 to 12 have optimum number of tigers right now. Tigers need sufficient green, safe breeding ground, prey base, and a healthy ecology, which if we correctly develop, would mean that India has a capacity to have between 10,000 to 15,000 tigers. We are rejoicing today with the number around 3,000. Imagine if this population goes 15,000, how delighted we Indians would be of having the largest number of tigers in the world. So, do you think the government needs to kind of declare more forest at the tiger zones? What should be done to achieve this target? This is quite a complicated question from many levels, ecologically, socially. So, these targets, whether they're 10 or 15,000, Guesstimates at best. It's very hard to really know how many tigers India's habitats can really support. But it is also very clear that tigers are not habitat limited in India today. This means that we can potentially sustain many more tigers than there currently are. It also means that a number of tiger habitats across the country have fewer tigers than the ecological carrying capacity. That is, they have fewer tigers that they can hold, that forests and prey base can support. So the real challenge for us the conservation fraternity and as a country is to figure out how we can sustain this large fierce carnivore in these human dominated landscapes especially in areas that don't sustain as many tigers as they potentially can the key to answering this puzzle really is understanding what's driving the decline of tigers in some areas or what's preventing tiger populations from existing at their carrying capacity. And the answers are often multi-level and complex. For example, in some areas, it could be something as straightforward as the poaching of prey. There's just too little prey. In other cases, it could be that a certain invasive species has spread profusely through a park, and there's not enough food for deer and other herbivores to, to eat. And that's depressing tiger populations. In other cases, we've documented how loss of a corridor, the degradation of a corridor that prevents movement of tigers from one population to another has led to extinctions. 
So really, there's a variety of factors, and I'm not even mentioning here that social factors can be very important. For instance, does the community living along the fringes of a tiger reserve want to coexist with the species? How willing are they to live with the risks that tigers pose? Are we really able to bring the benefits of tiger conservation, whether economic or otherwise, to these communities? So comprehensive conservation portfolio in terms of recovering tiger populations in areas where they're depleted would have so many measures, from engaging with communities to improving habitats, to improving protection measures, to even restoring degraded corridors. And for this, we need to carry a whole lot of people, groups and stakeholders along. You might imagine a lot of government departments from agriculture to irrigation to the police and public administration and also local stakeholders, civil society groups, the general public and all of us. Dr. Chinchani, this year uh, India adopted a new tiger count methodology which has been questioned by a section of the wildlife activists and scientists and they have an issue with the, the so-called double sampling methodology. You think that is the right way to calculate or are their apprehensions are misplaced? To give you some context, we've come a long way in our ability to estimate tiger populations from trying to count pug marks 20 years ago to actually using sophisticated technologies like camera traps which record images of tigers and then we're able to identify individual animals and use statistics to get an estimate. So I think this process in itself is really quite state of the art, it's quite robust, like I said come a long long way from counting pug marks and the mathematics and statistics of the logarithms that are used in estimation also very sophisticated. So at a certain level I think we are absolutely on the right track in terms of methods, in terms of numbers. However, over time, we are still improving our methods. We are sampling larger and larger areas. So there are some issues that we need to learn from and adapt moving forward. India's rich wildlife heritage is facing several threats. What, in your opinion, are the most urgent threat to our wildlife? If I talked of terrestrial wildlife, which is mostly mammals, large mammals and so on, really I think land use change is the single largest threat, both in terms of habitat loss, habitat degradation and the loss of corridors that prevent movement. And I think the other system of India that's really besieged is freshwater systems. For instance, the building of large dams, or water pollution, all of these issues have really impacted freshwater systems as well. Third factor would be climate change, which is affecting species in ways that we don't even fully understand from insects to birds. So I think all of this needs more study, investigation and investment. Let's hope that none of these challenges impact our wildlife and our country remains as beautiful as it is in terms of wildlife. Thank you for your time in this discussion. Thank you very much. You were listening to a discussion on Tigers, an asset to the ecosystem. The participants were Dr. Pranav Chanchani from World Wild Foundation and Sanjay Jha, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.